Hello, and welcome to Control Out Delete, a pirate AM radio broadcast. <laughs> it's a good one. It's great. But how did that person guess my future? It's Romo Paleo. It's a great, I'm going to say it's a great Twitter handle, Sergeant Soup on Twitter. This mm. <laughs> intro really knocked us off. Look, I'm Neil Patel, I'm the editor-in-chief of The Verge. I'm joined, as always, by my friend, Verge executive editor, Recode editor-at-large, Walt Mossberg. How's it going, Walt? Uh, what was that little pause there? I don't you like you forgot me or who I was. Well, you know, we had so many episodes left and thinking what's gonna happen next. It was it was an emotional moment. <laughs> well, what's gonna happen next <laughs> is the pirate AM radio station. Yeah, we're take over. <laughs> we'll be coming at you live. <laughs> from just outside the three mile limit <laughs> off Cape Cod, where my house will be. And we can help chopper you out there. Look, here's where we're gonna Because it is gonna have a helipad. We're gonna know. remake the the Christian Sater classic pump up the volume with Walt in the lead role. Right. And we're going to pitch it to Apple and they're going to put an Apple music right next Where to we'll their die. One Direction documentaries <laughs> and carpool karaoke. It's going to be great. Delayed carpool karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, we're recording one a day early. It's Tuesday instead of Wednesday. So it's a bit early in the week. It's another free form news show. But we kind of have a theme because there's a lot of news about one specific area of the tech world already happened this week. Amazon announced something called the Echo Show, which we're going to talk about and what it is. Microsoft is doing a bunch of ambient computing stuff. Harman Kardon made a new speaker, a smart speaker called the Invoke, which has Cortana in it. There's some, Tom Warren has a scoop about something called Home Hub in Windows 10. Oh my God. It's the whole thing. (laughs) Uh, And then there's rumors about Apple doing some sort of speaker. Uh, Mark Gurman at Bloomberg is reporting that Apple employees are already testing this thing out, and there are whispers that at WWC they're going to they're gonna do something. We don't know. It's That's the speculation. So it goes from announced product to announced product to rumors with pictures on our site to whispers in the wind about Apple. But they're all about the same thing, which is this new category of devices – that basically sit in one place in your house and provide ambient access to computing. So, well, you want to talk about the Echo Show a little bit? I do, but I have two words to say first. Dieter Bone. <laughs> because <laughs> somebody we on Twitter thought, and he probably is right, that we missed it last week. So we're going to say it several times, and I'm just yeah. kicking it off. Dieter Bone. So uh, the Echo Show, which sure Dieter Bone will have something to say about, <laughs> um, is the third, no, the fifth Echo, fifth Echo Yeah, well, there was released. the first Echo, then there was the first generation Dot, then there was the second generation Dot, then there's the, the, tap. The, tap, the tap, but the Tap is not branded Echo. It's the Amazon Tap with Alexa. It's very confusing. Yeah. Um, then there's the Echo Look, and now there's the Echo Show. The Echo Look, look is the pervy creep one. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's actually how Jeff Bezos announced it. He's like, yeah. we, uh, we want to do a pervy creep one, so there's one on the camera. So put this in your dressing area, <laughs> wherever you'd get dressed. And uh, but and it will t- it, wink, wink, it'll tell you how you look. Yeah. But uh, what we have now, announced today, when uh, as we record this podcast on Tuesday the 9th, is the Echo Show. And the Echo Show is kind of a trapezoidal, is that the right? Yeah. It's a, it's a leaning rectangle. Leaning, that's just kind of a trapezoid, I think. Yeah. But, um, and it, it has a screen. It's an, it does all the Echo stuff, all the Alexa stuff, has a screen. And 
I think, you know, Dan Seifert, our colleague, wrote a, a, an interesting and correct piece uh, saying that the most interesting thing about it is, I mean, look, it shows you the weather. Or it'll show you the lyrics of songs. I, it just completely <laughs> cracked me up that the one they used to show how great they are at showing the lyrics of song is, songs is All You Need Is Love, <laughs> which has two, two lyrics repeated 10,000 times by both the Beatles and their audience entirely on weed. Just, you know, <laughs> and I love the song. We could even sing it. I don't know, but it's a great song, but it's just hilarious. And what you really want is some, I don't know, complicated uh, Paul Simon song with, or, or something with really, you know, with poetry in it and everything. But no, they chose All You Need Is Love, which you don't need the Echo Show to tell you what the lyrics are. Um so it can do all those things, but the but what I'm getting back to Dan's point, and uh, I think uh, a number of us who who looked at this, this is what stands out is it's a communications device. So it won't at launch, but will eventually take phone calls and place phone calls, and it presumably voice over IP phone calls. But who cares? Uh, most of your a lot of your cell phone calls are going over uh, IP anyway, and you don't know it, uh, and uh, video calls. So that makes it a challenger to Skype, so Microsoft, challenger to Microsoft, and challenger to FaceTime, so challenger to Apple. And I would say it was a challenger to Hangout, but come on, who uses Hangouts? So um, <laughs> it's a challenger to things like, uh, well, it's not really a challenger to Zoom because that's more of a business thing. But So it's a, basically it's a challenger to Skype and FaceTime. And it has a feature which I – Confess, I have now read the Amazon material on three times and don't 100% understand, called Drop. Drop in. The call immediately starts if you don't cancel it, which <laughs> seems to me to be a good way to startle the hell out of grandma. I mean, you know, grandma either has to say something, for, I don't know what the word is, that would, that would reject the call or she has to say something that would turn it into only an audio call. Yeah. And uh, Well, so you when you call when you drop in, what you see on your screen is a frost what I call it, frosted glass. So it's the whatever the camera sees but blurred out and then the person on the other end can hit the button to, to turn on the camera for real or switch you to audio only or hang up on you. And it's all whitelisted. So you can't just randomly drop in on someone. No, no, I know. I know. Yeah. I know. I get it. It's, uh, but the thing is, that's kind of the coolest thing about this thing. Oh, by far. Uh, and I have to admit that I pre-ordered one. So, <laughs> so, so did I. And I, it's, but but we're not America. Let's be honest. So, um, <laughs> I had a, a long conversation with my wife this morning when I pre-ordered it, in which I tried to justify it by saying, "Well, this is this is what I what I do. It's my career." And she looked at me and she said, "Is it?" <laughs> I, had no, I, had, I had no rebuttal for that. God, I love extreme, your wife. <clears throat> extremely aggressive uh, line of inquiry. So, so when you're married longer, like I, I have been, you'll adopt a different strategy. My way of conferring with my wife is through this podcast. <laughs> I see. Well, I'm not. This gonna... is how she will find out that I pre-ordered <laughs> this. Well, Edie, I'm very sorry. <laughs> anyway, so but. Because, here's why I pre-ordered it. Because, just because we have to Becky, have wait a minute. Becky's comment, Edie could say, it's your career for another, like, month. 
<laughs> yeah, a couple weeks left. <laughs> uh, so I think this thing is fascinating, though. It doesn't run. I This thing leaked like crazy. We had pictures of it ages ago. But I, I think we all assumed that it would run Amazon's Fire OS, which is their fork of Android, and they would do apps. And they're not doing any of that. No. It's, they're taking the Alexa skill library and it just extending it oh, so those skills geez. can do video they can show display things as well i know but they have as we have said before and i'm going to say it again this is the more they do of these things uh and i mean it's an exciting thing it's one of the more exciting things going on right now and good for amazon uh they've got to solve the problem of, of triggering these skills because there's some research out there that makes a lot of sense to me just anecdotally that shows that people are – they're really struggling to to get people to use these yeah. 10,000 skills or whatever they have because you need a, a secondary – for many of them, you need a secondary wake-up word. And I think we talked a few podcasts ago about how Sonos uh, actually was working with them uh, in, ho- in, in, in an effort – to make their instantiation of Alexa not require a skill, uh, key, a secondary keyword like open Sonos or something. You would pre-set up that if it involves playing a song, it would play through Sonos, not through the local speaker. And that's their solution. There would be a sl- somewhat different solution for other people, but this is a big problem they've got to solve. Um, and I, I think the screen maybe helps them solve it, right? I mean, yeah. one of the big problems with voice interfaces is the complete lack of feedback or guidance on what you can do or how to do something if you get it wrong. And now they got a screen. They can provide some right. of that feedback. Now, I think, look, ambient computing is one of the several next big things. And um, Well, dive into, what do, you, what do you mean by ambient computing? Well, what I mean is, ultimately... I mean, I have referred to it in my usual sophisticated way as Starship Enterprise computing. I think people who've ever watched a Star Trek of any any of the Star Treks, even for 20 minutes, would know that one of the big features there is that the Starship just has this all-understanding, all-knowing computer, and you can just talk to it. And it has visual, you know, can put things up on a screen. I hadn't thought about this until we having this conversation but could actually put things up on a screen as well and it's all tied in together and they actually have proto what look like iPads that they go around with but mostly they can just speak to the computer and it will tell them anything and I think that's how to think about ambient computer it's not yes you can you can talk to Siri Cortana uh, Google Assistant whatever on a mobile device um on a PC even, but this way you don't have to have any device in your hand. You have to be conscious of a device on your person, a watch, any of these things. You just speak wherever you are and something is listening and it will produce a result. It will give you information. It will play a song. It will, in the case of this, it will presumably, not presumably, it will play a video. It will show you the lyrics to All You Need Is Love. It will do... All of these things, <laughs> and it will make a, a, a video call. Yeah, uh, and and that's ambient computing, and it will turn the, your Philips bulbs purple and bright or low or whatever you want them to be, and it will do a lot of things. It, it, essentially, gradually, this fades into the background. Yeah, and 
and the air around you, the home around you, the, the room around you becomes aware. It becomes a computer aware, sensor aware. And that's what all of this, all of this is what we're stumbling toward. So what I think is really interesting about that. I first started thinking about this when I was reviewing that very first Apple Watch. Because the Apple Watch, I think, represented a peak of interest in, not a peak, but a, a high point of how mobile can we make the mobile things, right? And mobile things are great. And I think you and I clearly agree that they represent a, a massive revolution in the industry. They've changed everything. Yeah. No, there's, and they're not done. They're not done. They've got a long way to go yet. But the for all of the benefits you get of mobile, the cost of that is that you have to care for them. You have to charge the batteries. You have to carry them around with you. I think what the Echo, the first one, kind of proved to the industry is there's an incredible value in this thing sits in one place in your house, it plugs into the wall, and it literally asks nothing of you until you want something from it. Except to trust it. Except to trust it. Yeah, and that's, that's a not a, that it is huge. Um, you have to believe uh, that this is only listening for its trigger word, and it's not listening to everything you say and somehow recording it in the cloud, saving it in the cloud. It actually does, I think, save some of that stuff in the cloud, and, but it supposedly discards it uh, very quickly. And, you know, you have to trust it. And I think Amazon has a high level of trust. I think Apple has a high level of trust. I think it's a hi- harder problem for Google. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a harder problem, well, I don't I know. I think it's hardest are. for Google, right? I mean, Hardest for Google. I don't think it's a petite. I don't think Microsoft is mistrusted. Um, well, we're but, gonna, uh, we should talk about this Windows thing. I think running a service that's always listening on a Windows 10 PC, like a classic desktop operating system, that, that to me just gives it, you know, like I want that to happen in a much more locked down environment device. Yeah, that's right. And you want it to be locked down and you want it to be, you want it to be a device that sits on your on your counter or your nightstand or wherever you put it and is always just there and is is not something that would be moved away. This is the same problem as using your cell phone, your smartphone for a remote right. for your TV, which you've been able to do for years. And um, I can remember pointing out in one of the first reviews I did of that is it's still a smartphone. It has huge value way beyond using it as a remote and somebody's going to take it to work or to start Starbucks or something, then you're not going to have your remote. Same thing here. Um, uh, Tom Warren did do a great scoop, uh, have a great scoop today about something built into Windows 10 that is a mode that <clears throat> sort of will looks like this Echo Show, mm-hmm. but it's it's a laptop or a, maybe even a desktop, whatever it is. And it's like it's like I, ta- I mentioned this to you earlier uh, when we were slacking about it. We should just put our slacks on there. <laughs> Did you ever think of that? A text-based um, podcast from the verge. That's right. Uh, <laughs> it's like like CompuServe audio. But um, the uh, <laughs> you know you can remember back to the days when Microsoft thought the TV they could eliminate the TV, merge the TV into the PC. Uh, Entirely, but the way they were going to do it was to put a coax connector and a and and yeah. partition part of the hard drive into a DVR, and I'm, you know, I don't know how many people ever use that. Well, this was my all of Microsoft's convergence efforts 
boiled down to, well, why would you want a new thing when you can have a half-assed Windows feature? Yeah. And it never worked, obviously, but it, you know, they're doing this other thing with Harman Kardon called the Invoke, which is just Cortana and a speaker. So they're, they're kind of pursuing both ways. I just don't know why you'd want a PC in your kitchen running Home Hub. It's a whole PC. It's a whole thing. What Amazon is doing is they've cut it way down. Uh, the Echo Show is 229 so it's not cheap by any means. You know, the iPad is 329 so you get a whole iPad for 100 bucks. But the value you get, and I think this is a real value that we don't talk about, is that you don't have to, you, you have to trust it, but you don't have to care for it. You just put it there, you plug it in, and then if it provides value to, to you, it provides value to you. Hopefully it's $229 for the value. And when it's not, it demands nothing from you. And I think that that relationship is really, really important. I think that's, that's exactly right. And unless somebody makes one covered in the same material as the um, Surface uh, laptop <laughs> keyboard, which yeah. is a luxury covering that must be cared <laughs> for like a luxury product, <laughs> I'm calling it ultra suede. Yeah, I know it has a name, but uh, I looked it up, and it's a close chemical relative, same company as Ultra Suede. You can't. I mean, I mean, I know that we all have keyboards that could use some cleaning and all that, but geez, (laughs) care for it like a luxury item is not a good thing to put on the point of sale card at Best Buy. Yeah, especially at a thousand dollars for the Surface laptop. By the way, that's a Dieter Bone. A uh, little story there. I know. He talked to the Surface Book product manager, and they told him you should care for the the, the Alcantara. I can never get that name right. Uh, you should care for that Surface on the Just Surface. Just call it Ultra Suede. Ultra, Ultra Suede. Ultra Suede is a great name. Yeah. Uh, that's my it's next. It's velour. I think it's made of velour. <laughs> velour. <laughs> the 70s are back. <laughs> it's crushed velvet laptop, but you have to care for it. Anyway, back to the Echo Show. So it's it's two twenty nine. And I think the fact that it's cut down so it's not trying to do as much as an iPad is really smart. They are doing some interesting things where camera, like home camera manufacturers, can tie in directly as a skill. So you can say, show me the baby's bedroom, and it'll just immediately show you the feed. I think that's very clever. This drop-in video calling is clever, although, again, if the, if the, the price you're paying is you have to trust it, Trusting other people with the ability to access your camera gets mm-hmm. into some weedy territory. So that yeah. is fascinating. But people, might I presumably you can, I presumably you can disable that. Yeah, or yeah. you know, again, it's Dan and other, particularly parents on our staff, uh, and sort of on Twitter have all thought this was interesting. Um, I got some tweets of like, why wouldn't you just buy a tablet to do these things? And I think the answer is, you don't want to buy an iPad and just prop it up in your kitchen, plugged in with a lightning cable and not have it run this like custom sort of ambient OS. There's not like apps that do that for you in the iPad. So right. they've built this whole system. What I think is going to be the make or break for them, if they have a touch, and this is the big difference in the Echo. I don't know how the Echo is doing performance-wise. Like, I, I've, I don't know if I'm taxing it. I don't know. Maybe sometimes the answers come back a, a half tick slower than other times. I, there's no way to really tell. If they have a screen and a processor and that screen is slow or not responsive or in any way jittery, it's immediately obvious. And Mm -hmm. that compared to your phone, and your phone is generally very fast and responsive, 
that will be a big test for them. Because the value of the screen plummets the second it becomes not responsive. Or and similarly, if you if you say I'm going to make video calls, that you can tell immediately if you you know make a Skype call and it breaks up or Zoom or FaceTime, yeah. whatever. Uh, I would say that in my experience, not that I do one every day, the FaceTime system is pretty good. I don't know, maybe that's yeah. because it, it doesn't have insane levels of traffic but i i suspect that's pretty you know there's a billion active ios devices so i assume facetime is used fairly often and facetime's great I, ge- I, generally good very good we should talk about the fact that the other move amazon is making is that all every other echo device the dot that amazon tap the classic echo they're all becoming messaging platforms as well so if you want to make a call from an echo to an echo you can do that now and then the Alexa app on the phone, on the iPhone and the Android, is also going to be able to send and receive calls. So they're building out a whole communication yes. layer. And you can even ecosystem. dictate a message or have it read your, your text, essentially, your messages. They're not text. It's their version of iMessage, but it's being done. Um, I would use a Google example, but it would take the rest of the podcast to list them. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> uh, it's... <laughs> Our it's, other Dieter mention is that uh, literally Dieter is the only person in the world who understands all of Google's messaging. Yeah. What is that, five Dieters now? I think, <laughs> yeah, I think we're, we're, we're making up for it. We're, it's penance, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. This is a very smart move. Um, I, I have to admit I was not especially blown away by the idea of the, of the uh, look that was last week's. Yeah. Every week there's a new echo uh, because, I don't know, just like I said, creepy, um, but uh, uh, not that different. This is a different thing, uh, and you have to wonder. I mean, I'd love to have been in those meetings where somebody uh, decided the look is the thing and somebody else decided the show is the thing, and and they were called something else probably in code, name, yeah. uh, period, and then somebody had to decide, well, are we going to kill one of these? Are we going to do one of these? Are we gonna, what are we going to do? Because the show has a camera also, obviously, so I assume it could – also tell you if your ass is too big in those pants, right? I mean, if, if they had the right software in there, why do the look? I don't know. But uh, so they decided to do both, and then they somebody said, somebody in the marketing people said, "Well, one is called the look, one is called the show." You know, makes sense. It does it. I, th- this is one of those things where once the product name, I mean, the names, the names cute, make sense, but they are also too much the same. Right? Oh, like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have done the look. No, if I knew I was going to do the show, I wouldn't have done the look. Yeah, I, I don't. I, oh, I. But I think the last place, uh, the last place you want a video calling device that can anyone can just call and light up the camera is your bedroom. I agree, but what I'm saying yeah. is, is the bedroom. I mean, if you're going to put it in the bedroom, you're going to use it, you know, to see things, to play music, whatever, and you can. I assume you can disable the camera now you might not trust it that comes back to trust but i assume whereas the look the whole point of having the look is the camera and you wouldn't buy one unless you were willing to put it in your bedroom with a camera so i don't know i wouldn't have made the look and i'm and i didn't did you pre-order the look no did you try to convince Becky? Not for one second. Yeah, could we make an entire podcast <laughs> of you trying to convince Becky? It's just I don't, I wear the same clothes every day. 
Now, it's not about you. It's not about you. And it certainly is not about me. So let's get real here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think they're doing a smart thing. I think, uh, you know, this is, we should remind the listeners that this general category of idea has been tried before. It's yes. been tried in the past. Uh, some people may remember this strange word, chumby, which was, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I thought it was so insanely stupid that I'm, not, I'm pretty sure I never even wrote about it, but it was a screen in, what was it, like a beanbag Yeah, it case? was, I, so I disagree with you, uh, surprisingly, it never no. happens. Uh, I loved the chumby because it was such a, it was such a device of its time, and it was so hacker-friendly. So it was a little Linux computer with a little crappy screen and basically a, like a soft plush. Uh, and you could write apps for it. Mm. You could write your own. They could like pull RSS headlines. And the, the high point of the Chumbi as a platform uh, was the Sony Dash, which was... Okay, but, but wait a minute. Stop. Yeah. These two things are slightly separate. Um, I love all every reason you just gave for why you like the chumby. Yeah, is you're <laughs> the reason you're it failed. Super geek nerd, <laughs> yeah. and you can hack into it. Yeah, I tended to look at these things as: Will normal people want to use this? Will yeah, it fit into your life? No. So I hated the chumby. It was not a good product. But it then was just Sony a made a much spiffier, non beanbagish yeah uh, uh, thing with this chumby technology called the dash and they announced it to incredible fanfare at ces 2010 justin bieber was on stage yeah uh they had all bieber related mm, marketing God. campaign yeah. with him it was basically an alarm clock with a screen right it's in sony i don't know if anybody remembers this sony used to be like the king of alarm clocks <laughs> The Sony digital alarm clock was like a whole thing. Yeah. Um, I, I don't even know if they still make alarm clocks. I don't know if anybody still has an alarm clock. If you have an alarm clock, please tweet at Walt. He's at Walt Mossberg. I have an alarm clock. Do you still have an I just use my phone. Can I just tell you something? Dieter Bone, yeah. and this is a true Dieter Bone reference, and I did a tour of CES two years ago, and we went into the booth of this. We're going to get back to the dash, but we yeah. went into this booth of this relatively unknown company that made a lot of tech. I mean, they made hundreds of products, and it was fascinating. They were based in, I want to say, Indianapolis. And a lot of these products were white-labeled and sold and all kinds of stores. And one of the things they had was a selection of alarm clocks that would char also charge your iPhone and, you know, do some other things. And I, I said to Dieter, do you think the alarm clock is dead? And he goes, no, I have one. I huh. like it. I said, I have one too. And mine has two alarms. And it remembers daylight savings time. So, huh. you know. All right, well, I um, just use my phone. Well, you just use your phone, and so do a lot of our listeners, I know. But, no, the alarm clock is not dead. Well, okay. Well, Sony's got a shot, then. And it's got to have an 85% profit margin, yeah. the alarm clock, right? Yeah. This episode of Control at Delete is brought to you by The Art of Shaving. What's the secret of Welcome Guy? The Art of Shaving. Founded in New York in 1996, The Art of Shaving has been helping guys look their best for over 20 years. The Art of Shaving has your total routine covered, whether you're shaving, beard maintenance, hair, skin, body, or fragrance. The Art of Shaving's award-winning products are formulated with the highest quality botanical ingredients featuring pure essential oils. 
The four elements of the perfect shave have been created to deliver smooth results every day. You start by prepping your skin with a signature pre-shave oil, then you create a thick foamy lather with shaving cream applied with a shave brush. You shave, then you replenish all that moisture with aftershave balm. You finish off the perfect shave with one of the Art of Shaving's five new fragrances, Sandalwood and Cypress, Oud Suede, Vetiver Citrone, Green Lavender, and Coriander and Cardamom. Each cologne has been carefully assembled for a distinctive scent. The Art of Shaving offers convenient replenishment service that allows you to save on your favorite products without ever having to worry. So, control delete listeners will receive 15% off their first order and free shipping by using offer code WALT. To get that offer, go to theartofshaving.com, use promo code WALT, and get 15% off your first order and free shipping. That's theartofshaving.com, promo code WALT. Anyway, so in 2010, Sony put out like the ultimate alarm clock called the Dash. It ran chumby. It had had a screen. I've got the specs. I review, it was one of the first reviews I ever wrote. So a real flip on the show. We're looking at one of my old reviews. We have we have yours, but we also have another and one. And we have Katie Barrett's review from right. All Things D. Um, so it had 800 by 480 display. It was super slow and super crappy. Um, but it was designed to do this thing where it would just sit there and show you information ambiently, and you could interact with it if you wanted. But it was just designed to sit there. It this category of devices before phones took off was it was everywhere. There were smart photo frames. There were and Oh, the, there were, yes, definitely. And, and HP made one called the Dream Screen. Um, and then phones and tablets took off. This entire category cratered because none of them had anything like reasonable performance or responsiveness. Well, and also the Dash, if I remember, you say you could interact with it, but I don't think you can interact with all of the so-called apps or all of the so-called things it did. A lot of them were just flashing like a stock ticker price of something at you and then that went away and the next thing was the weather. Yeah. And the next thing could, was could... the next thing was a Jeopardy question. I'm not kidding. There was a they had like a Jeopardy question on there. And then that would go away and then there was, you know, I don't know. It was like the things you get I don't know if you don't have a Comcast X1 box, right? I mm -hmm. do, but I don't think you do, I right? Don't. So in the X1 box in the screensaver, when you haven't been watching TV or you're on pause or something, um, it has pictures, of course, but in the corner it'll show you the weather and a sports score and, you know, they're not interactive. They're just there. And that's kind of what the Dash did. So yeah, but, but what you could, did you write? What did you write about it? So uh, here's Katie's line, which is great. And I think this is the thing that everybody thinks about the Echo Show. Katie's line, and her, this is her review of the Dash, May 11th, 2010. Uh, I already use a smartphone, laptop, or iPad to check things like social network updates, news, and email. And using those never requires waiting for the right information to cycle through the screen. So this is why all of those previous products failed. You could just mm. get the information faster from your iPad. Uh, I wrapped up basically the, the same way. If you're looking for something to really pick up and use to browse through photos or pick songs or watch movies, we'd go a different way. Despite its name, the Dash is too stationary and too slow. So all of that was happening in the context of you can just buy a tablet or you can just use your phone. And I think what's happening now is a pendulum swinging back. You can put a stationary device in your house, hopefully that is responsive and performant, which we have to see with the show. We haven't used it yet. But... There is stuff now where there's so much information on your phone 
that sometimes you don't want to use it, right? You just want to ask, set a timer, or what's the weather, right, or exactly. play a song and just have it happen without all the other steps of your phone. So I, I think that is the push and pull here. This was tried seven years ago, and the phone was a dramatically better experience. And now we're going to try it again because you can build a better stationary slash ambient experience than the phone. And we'll just see. But I think there's a lot of interest in I want to use my phone less. Yes, just like there has been interest in I want to use my laptop less. Yeah. <clears throat> Which we should hasten to say does not mean laptops are dead. Certainly doesn't mean phones are dead. But <clears throat> there people the there's a there's a differentiation in use cases that is realistic now. Why is it realistic? First of all, the cloud has gotten so much better. And Amazon actually, as you know, uh, has an enormous cloud operation. Um, and Microsoft has an enormous cloud operation. And well, all, all these guys really have an enormous cloud operation. Google, Google Home, which by the way, for, for some reason we haven't mentioned too much here, um, is also based off a of cloud operation. Secondly, we're in the beginnings of having some AI Cortana, Siri, Alexa, which we mentioned a lot, uh, a Google Assistant, first inning, really early, wrong as often as they're right, whatever. What? I couldn't hear you. I mean, they sound like you're <clears throat> older than me. But the point is, there's something there that they can work off of. And, um, and Wi-Fi is just uh, so much better and so much faster than it was seven or eight years ago, this becomes a plausible thing. And for the for all these companies, except with the possible exception of Apple, given their privacy religion, this is another way to collect a lot of information about you. I'm sure the terms of service on this and certainly on Google Home are, you know, have something in them about how they can use this information in certain ways. Yeah, I mean, we do live in a world where Mark Zuckerberg, of all people, has tape over his laptop camera right so yeah the, the idea that you're gonna just put up another camera in your house or with the the echo look you're gonna stick one in your bedroom they are asking a lot of you and they need to deliver a lot for that well that's what i say i mean maybe i'm maybe i'm wrong and i'm sure the listeners will tell me i'm wrong but i think amazon it, it's not look the company with the best reputation on privacy the company that has the least business need to do it and the most sort of conviction against it against invading your privacy is apple the com only company that's you know publicly taken on the fbi and all that is apple so that's like that there if on this scale that we're talking about now of caring about your privacy apple is probably number one but i think amazon is we know amazon is collecting information because from the very beginning they've been recommending stuff to you based on your past purchases. I mean, they know what you buy, I mean, which is They know what you buy, and now they know what you, they know. If you look at your Alexa app, which I'm sure most people don't do very often, it has a running record of everything you've ever asked your Echo, including songs and weather and news mm -hmm. and whatever you've asked, timers and recipes and whatever. And I so, think also everybody's also had the experience of browsing for something on Amazon and then immediately seeing ads for that pop up everywhere. Yeah. Right. So, so the the relationship between right. what you look at on Amazon and how that data is brokered out is not it's not foreign to I think the the no, but, vast majority of the internet. And experience. yet people have a very strong 
you know, I don't know what the what the customer satisfaction is, but I'm sure it's very high. People have a very strong positive view of Amazon for the most part, and and so I think they have a they have more of a chance than Google does. And this is not because the people at Google are evil or the company is a terrible company or any bad thing like that. It's just they're in the business of soaking up way more information than Amazon and brokering it out way more. You know, their their whole their whole thing is ads. Mm-hmm. It's not true of Amazon. It's not Amazon uses ads, but that's not their main business. It, Apple's entire business is hardware and, and a little somewhat services, but. But they don't do ads, and they don't. They specifically say they don't collect data, and but Google does. So as between those three companies, I mean Apple, we don't know. We think you and you and I think they're going to have a device like this, an ambient device. They're, I think, quite trusted on tr- privacy. Amazon, less than Apple, considerably less, maybe, but still much more than Google. Microsoft, I don't know, somewhere in there. Uh, you know, I think Microsoft is more similar to Apple, except that, and they've actually taken very strong court stands, but they're, um, because they don't have a phone, they haven't been in the mix of all this the way that some of these other guys have. Yeah. I think that we should talk briefly about this Harman Kardon Invoke speaker. So that it's, it looks nice. It's Harman Kardon. I'm sure it sounds great. Yeah. Um, it runs Cortana, and I think it's, I, I just don't. Microsoft's entrance into this seems half-hearted. I I want to say they're you know Amazon was first, so they they get that. Google is saying, well, we run the best AI network in the world, so buy this Google Home, and you know there's other stuff it can do. It's got Google Assistant. That's their whole play. Apple, when they do it, they're Apple, and they've got Siri, so everybody knows that. Plus, they love Apple. So there's like there's like differentiated market positions. Plus, here. if you don't think they'll say we'll protect your privacy, you're yeah, crazy. Of course. of course they will. So they'll do that, and you know, who knows if their thing will have a screen or not? They've got FaceTime. It, Apple's Apple, right? They've got the whole I'm gonna ecosystem. Bet you, I'm going to bet you if they do this, they have a screen. I'll just bet you right now on the pod. And 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 listeners, I I nobody's told me. I don't know this. Yeah. But I just think I just think they'll have a screen. Sure. So, but they've got their whole ecosystem. So you've got the three pretty well differentiated companies making smart speakers. And then you kind of got Microsoft being like, here's ours. We also have Cortana. And I'm I'm just wondering what their real differentiation Plus, is. Plus Cortana be. is I don't think Cortana is markedly worse than any of these others. Yeah. So they were they're all they're all very crude, but it's got this different twist, right? I mean it's like we're here to help you this is probably wrong and I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to assign this to them, but we're here to help you get stuff done. I mean, that's yeah. our thing. Well, that's get Microsoft's stuff done. whole thing, right? They're, that's they're, a, you know, it's Microsoft's company. whole thing, and they have that notebook feature in it, which I'm not sure how many people attend to, but um, supposedly that helps. And you know, I'm I was actually surprised when I saw that Cortana was being embedded into a speaker, just because it didn't. I often don't think of Cortana uh, when I think of the others, because I think it's a little. It came to the game a little later. It's a little more limited. Uh, I don't know. Does Cortana allow apps? No, I don't think so. I mean, you have to like go through the not the way that Alexa does skills, but Alexa has there, skills. Are, there are extensions for. Cortana. There are actually Siri app. There's a Siri app API. I don't think anybody uses it, or many companies have used it yet. But maybe if they do an ambient thing, that'll 
take off. And um, I don't know if Google, yeah, Google uh, Assistant can be used in other apps, right? Oh, Microsoft calls them skills as well. Okay, all right. The Cortana skills kit exists. Okay. Remember, Microsoft had that huge push into bots where they, they Windows it was, was bots, going to be the yeah. whole thing with bots and Cortana was how you access them. That uh, Facebook had a huge push into it. All of that seems to have just sort of fallen by the wayside. So, Neil, I, I have breaking news. Yeah. Laptop that I'm sitting here with 18 minutes ago, the uh, uh, MarketWatch website uh, announced that Apple was the first company ever to cross $800 billion in market cap. Wow. Now, I think market cap is a largely useless way to think about the value of a company, the real value of a company, but the valuation of a company is market cap, and so it's $800 billion. No, co- no company, no U.S. company has done that. And it was less than two and a half years since it passed the previous milestone of $700 million. There was definitely some sort of financial press coverage of whether Apple could be a trillion-dollar company a couple days ago because they've been headed towards it. And I think, as we've been talking, that's certainly possible. The, you know, People aren't going to stop buying phones. But the next big category for them is is the way they do it. I, you wonder if Tim Cook even cares, right? Like, Well, I I know that I don't care. Yeah. I, I just thought, hey, we're doing a podcast. and this Breaking some news up. on the show. Might as well mention it. Freeform um, Jazz Fest. <laughs> Freeform <laughs> Jazz Fest. But I, what, what is much more important than market cap of Apple or any of these companies that we've been talking about uh, in this podcast is ambient computing, Starship Enterprise becomes real. Um, so that is a very exciting thing. So we've got just a few minutes here. And right before the show started, we got very nerdy in the weeds. <laughs> it's a reference to Ezra's podcast, Ezra and Sarah and Matt. Um, but we were in the, the weeds, as it were. So about something very nerdy. So I, I want to try to do it and give it some justice in the last few minutes. One of the best things about the Echo, one of the, the markets it has found for itself, and I don't think Amazon expected this, but it happened, and I, I think they've leaned into it since it's happened, is control of smart home devices. Yep. So you can say, turn on these lights or uh, set my temperature with my Nest. Uh, you can have it lock a lock. You can do all this stuff, and it's generally better than using all these vendors' individual crappy apps um, or if you have HomeKit, you know, it's just nice to say, Alexa, lock the door. I apologize to everybody who has a lock set up with their Alexa listening to this. But you can you can just say that stuff and it works. I have some set up. It's fun. Dan Seifert, um, our great reviewer, has a bunch of stuff set up at his house. He loves it. Um, the Apple version of this, if it comes out, Apple has HomeKit. The difference between the two is that Alexa is kind of this it's – it's Wild West, right? Like anybody mm-hmm. can build a device. You can build a skill. You can connect it to Alexa. Alexa okay. can send the trigger and do it. Apple has these very stringent requirements for HomeKit where you need to use one of their approved Wi-Fi vendors with a secure chip. Um, you need to send it to Apple for approval. It's it, all in the name of privacy and security, which as we've noted several times, Apple really believes in. But if Apple does this thing and they lean into – the smart home piece of this, they have to get aggressive about HomeKit in a way that they, they're going to have to start making technology decisions, like very specific technology decisions about what they support and how houses should work that leads them into kind of wonky standards conversations about 
whether it's all going to be Wi-Fi or whether they're going to support things like Z-Wave or you need another hub that bridges Wi-Fi to Z-Wave. Um, while you brought up the Samsung SmartThings hub, which is one of those hubs, GE makes one called the Wink. They're, they're all over the place, and no one has really solved it because what you – Or need, bought it. Or bought it. Almost nobody. Um, um, but like Philips Hue bulbs, you need a hub because the Hue bulbs themselves so if need Apple to is doing, to Wi-Fi. So if Apple is doing one of these ambient devices – and if they decide, and these are all ifs, the first – I think they are doing an ambient device, but I, I mean, you know, I don't know it for sure. Um, but but if, if they're doing it, they could say this is also a hub. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and if – that is if they decide to do something other than Wi-Fi. But it's Apple. And as I was saying – when we were having this conversation and our uh, audio engineers in New York and D.C. were both saying to us – would you guys shut up? You're already doing the podcast. But um, the uh, Steve Jobs, uh, you know, one of the one of the six times I was or seven times I was able to interview him, had the privilege of interviewing him on stage. Uh, uh, Kara Swisher and I uh, at our conferences. He was explaining an entirely different topic that I do not want to get into here, and we don't have time anyway, which is Adobe Flash and why they wouldn't put it on their mobile devices. And he said, um, techno- we have to we pick technologies that we think are in their spring, in their early days, and have a lot of you know room to grow and improve and all that. And we think Flash is in winter, and we don't mm. want to do it. So <clears throat> there are a number of these technologies, uh, wireless technologies, that are used for Internet of Things or, or home devices. You mentioned um, Z-Wave. There's another one called Zigbee. Some at things like the August door lock work off Bluetooth. Um, there are – there just are – and, and I'm sure there's at least one or two others. And um, a lot of things work off Wi-Fi. One reason a lot of these devices don't work off Wi-Fi is that it takes a lot of power. Mm-hmm. And the batteries run down. A lot of these things are controlled by batteries, and the batteries run down faster than – say a bluetooth or maybe z-wave i don't know apple is a picky company uh, going to go back to the steve jobs thing that he talked about on stage and my guess is they'll pick something uh and that's what they'll pick and they will just basically say it just like you pointed out they've made it it's not they're not the wild west they're the curated uh ecosystem uh you do have to have that secure home kit chip in whatever it is you make. That has actually been picking up steam, I think, lately. And then maybe they'll – so, you know, I don't know if they'll say our new ambient device does all these things, but it's also a hub for Z-Wave and Zigbee. I, it's just an Apple-like yeah. to me. I would bet against that, but it's just sheer speculation. I think there's something – magical if you have a home kit device if you if you only have a couple being able to swipe up on your phone and swipe over and click the button and have the lights go on and off is great if you have more than a couple it gets real messy real fast and you have to do a lot of management work you have to put things in scenes and if you update something the scenes all break this has happened to me um, but if you get it right it's incredible right and it's almost as incredible as saying you know Alexa turn off the lights yeah but to build that out in a way that 
is not just for nerds who care about setting up scenes is a big layer of work. Uh, and the only example I can come up with that represents how complicated and messy it is is that Nest, the thermostat company, they make more than thermostats, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I do. As part of Google, um, got acquired. They were working on a new standard for this stuff. And the challenges between what they were doing, what Google were doing, just caused incredible amounts of tension within the company. Google announced their version, Nest announced their version, now they're bringing them together. And as near as I can tell, nothing has ever happened, right? And they were the company, for a minute, best positioned, right? They're, they're, we're going to do a thermostat, we're going to do a smoke detector, we're, we're going to look into all these other kinds of products. We're, here's a camera. Drop cam, yeah. yeah right? And they... They literally just got lost, sort of, in the standards minute um, of trying to figure out how to handle all of these different things. And I, I mean, I, I well, have Apple, thermostat, and I think it's great, but it's it's not in this conversation anymore. I expect if Apple is like Apple has always been, uh, or has been since at least Steve Jobs banished all those crazy proprietary standards they used to have on the Mac, I expect Apple to. to Either stick with Wi-Fi or, worse, <laughs> come up with an entirely new proprietary thing. But th- that would be hard because they've already all got a whole bunch of of other vendors committed to HomeKit, which I think works over Wi-Fi, right? Yeah. So there's there are plenty of devices that require a hub. The hub talks to HomeKit, and then the, the hub sends the signals over generally Z-Wave out to the devices it controls. So – What's a good example? Lutron light switches are – they don't have Wi-Fi in them, but you need a hub, right? And, like, that's a big brand of light switches. If Apple wants to take over existing smart homes, they want to go in and replace Crestron or Control 4, and there are lots of big, expensive houses with those systems in it, they're going to need a solution because otherwise you're just locked out of whatever yeah. it is they want to do. Well, it's, it, it's going to be fascinating, and um, just before I retire – I mean, we'll have one more – Control Alt Delete after WWDC, Apple's big developer conference, which would be the last tech event I'm going to cover before I retire. So if they announce any of this at WWDC, we'll be able to talk about it on the giant blowout. Yeah. Final Control Alt Delete. It'd be great. But like, I think this ambient computing thing as a concept, it's a wave that most people, compared to I don't know VR and AR, which seem far out there. Yeah, they seem really important. AR in particular, very important, game-changing stuff. The ambient computing thing is—it's past the. I can see it on the horizon. It's here. No, I agree with you, and it's uh, hugely important. I intend to predict that it will happen in mm-hmm. my last column because it's already happened, so it's an easy prediction. Uh, no, ser- uh, no, it's real. It's here, and that's why I think Apple can't afford not to be in the game, and and. You know, Google may need to step up its game. I should point out one thing. You know, when we talk about sales and it's here, it, it, you're right, it is here. The biggest, the over, I'm sure 90% of it is Amazon Echoes and or uh, the various kinds of Amazon Echoes. I saw a figure, Amazon doesn't announce sales, but I saw an estimate by a pretty smart analyst the other day that they've sold like 10.7 million Echoes, and by one measure for sort of a brand new kind of thing that is not, you know, $79, um, 
for the main echo, I know the dot is actually what fifty bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good number, but for a real revolution, that's. I mean, there were fifty million iPhones sold in the last quarter, and it wasn't a particularly good, great quarter. Uh, if in the entire time the Echo has been out, which is what about a year now, maybe a little longer, uh, they've sold eleven million. Um, then uh, it's got a ways to go. I don't know how many Google Homes have sold, but I'll bet it's a lot less. And yeah. uh, and presumably none of these Harman Kardons has sold yet, and <clears throat> because it's not available yet, I guess, or maybe just available. And and Apple's thing is still a a rumor. So we'll see. Yeah. But um, I completely agree with you. The next thing is here. It, it, the odd – the interesting thing is it doesn't – it replaces – it's just like tablets and laptops. One replaces some scenarios you, you uh, conduct on the other. But it doesn't replace the whole device all the time for every scenario. And I think that's what this does. This If this – continues to be a big deal and everybody piles in and lots of people buy these for their homes or even offices, then your need to go to your phone or your tablet or your laptop uh, as many times a day as you do now for certain kinds of things will be lessened. Mm -hmm. And uh, that will probably stretch out replacement cycles and all that kind of stuff. But your you're not going to throw away all your other devices and say, well, it's just ambient unless they really – somebody really shoots to the Starship Enterprise level and we're nowhere near that. Yeah, and I think the only company that can do that – I think Amazon has a huge lead and I think that $50 Echo Dot is sitting there as – you know, it's it's the moat, right? Like you can get in the – you can – as a consumer, you can just buy one of these for 50 bucks inside mm-hmm. if you like it. Everyone else is more expensive. So that's a big advantage for them. Plus, they're first mover. But that we can be everywhere with you, right now, that's Apple's to own because they have Siri on the phone. They've got Siri on the Mac. They're presumably going to put out a speaker. So it's iPads, yeah. It's, yeah, it's going it's to be a thing. Anyhow, I think we're, we're just out of time. We can keep going on this forever. But I encourage you to go to your nearest internet connected speaker. Uh, and ask it to play our other podcasts after this one is over. Very good. What a smooth yeah. segue was that great. was. I've been working on that one for weeks and waiting for yeah. the show to come up. Uh, you can ask it to play the Vergecast with Dieter Bone. There he is for the dozenth the time on the rest- show. Yeah, right. Uh, I'm sure we're going to go deep on this stuff on uh, the Vergecast this week as well. Uh, you can ask it to play Kara Swisher's Recode Decode, which is wonderful. Peter Kafka's Recode Media, which is very smart if you're a nerdy media type like me. Uh, and Lauren Good's excellent, too embarrassed to ask. All that's on iTunes. All that's on all of your connected speakers. But go on iTunes, rate it, review it, give it the five stars, share it with friends. You can tweet at me and Walt. Uh, Walt is at Walt Mossberg. I'm reckless. We love your intros. We only got a few left, so we want the best ones you can send us. Send them. We love them. Can't get enough. Tweet us your comments about the show. I know Walt, and I, Walt loves reading those. I love reading them, too. And we will see you next week. We only got a few episodes left. We'll be here, though. Onward and upward next week. See you, Walt. Thanks. See you, Eli.